creating, redeeming, and giving life. Um, life is complex, isn't it? Uh, nothing simple. <laughs> Things can go from being fine uh, to being pretty awful in an instant. And on the other hand, things can be awful for quite a while and then you realise after a period of time, actually things have got better. It's not straightforward. Um, you might get a new boss at work whose management style doesn't suit and work becomes a difficult place. Uh, a child in the family might have an accident. Someone might get sick. There might be a fire in your kitchen like Peter. You might fall and end up in hospital. Or you're a um, horticulturalist and a hailstorm damages your crop for the year. Or maybe a pandemic puts a halt to your wedding plans or your visit to a new grandchild. The lives of the saints are no less complex than ours. We tend to remember them for a particular deed or a particular attribute, but they had to live the ordinary daily grind as well. Today I'm going to look at the story of Ruth and think a bit more about what's not told in the story because it's very brief but actually covers quite a span of their life. And the story moves between emptiness and fullness. Naomi married Elimelech and they lived in Bethlehem. So that was a good thing for the two of them and they had two sons. What more could you want apart from maybe more sons? So there was a sense of fullness in their lives while they were in Bethlehem. But then comes the famine, and the family had to deal with the lack of food. There was a time of emptiness for them. And their decision, Moab and Elimelech, Ruth and Elimelech, was to move to Moab, because they'd heard that there was food there. Clearly, their journey was successful. There's no record of any harm coming to them on the journey. They made it with the four of them, and they settled in a new place. So their fullness was restored, except for that pining for home, because they were in a land of strangers, in a land with a strange God. Probably they didn't go alone, though. I imagine many other families moved as well. The Bible doesn't say how much time passed, before Elimelech died. But potentially they had a settled time in their new country and the boys grew and then Elimelech did die. And Naomi had to face the sadness and the emptiness again. But she still has her sons. And the story tells us that they took their own wives and once again the family was full. They lived in Moab for 10 years. Uh, it's interesting to note that there's no mention of children to these sons. So I don't know what happened there. Maybe that was a sadness for all of them, that there were no children. But the two daughters-in-law, clearly Naomi had a lot of affection for them. Because um, later we hear of how well, uh, how well they loved her and how much they wanted to go with her. And the name uh, Naomi means pleasant. So for quite a long time in Moab, Naomi was in that pleasant state. The family was doing well. But then, 
the sons died. We don't know whether they died in one incident, whether they died months apart, or possibly even years apart. The story has been so abbreviated, we don't know. But whatever, Naomi now has real emptiness. Her husband is gone, her sons are gone, she's in a strange land. She just has two daughters-in-law. As she later describes her life to her old friends when she gets back to Bethlehem, she said her life was full of bitterness and her name should be Mara, which means bitterness, not Naomi. In fact, her life hasn't all been about bitterness. There have been times of joy and well-being and growth and fullness. But when she returns to Bethlehem, she is feeling bitter about life. And that affection between the mother-in-law and the daughters-in-law is revealed when Naomi hears that once again she can go back to her homeland, there's food now in Bethlehem, she goes to return and the daughters set out with her. But she urges them not to. She says, go back to your mothers, don't come to a strange land with me. I can't give you more sons, go back to your mothers. She wishes only the best for them. She prays for them that things will be well. They cry together. They argue that they will come with her. But Orpah decides to go back home to her mother and to her family, and Ruth chooses to go with Naomi. And we hear those wonderful words in the story that we know so well. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord do thus and so to me, and more as well, even if death parts me from you. Ruth now becomes more central to the story. But we only got a bit of the story today, so we're eager to hear what will happen next when we hear the end of the reading next week. Why do we know the story of these two women? Why is it recorded? Well, in part because Ruth has a son, Obed, who has a son, Jesse, who has a son, David, who becomes a king. And from the line of David, the descent is through to Jesus. So that's a big reason why this story needed to be recorded. But I think it's partly recorded because this is the story of two remarkable and yet still somewhat ordinary saints. Naomi and Ruth have many of the qualities of saints. They are faithful and loyal. The decisions they make are done without a secure knowledge of how things will work out. They had to take risks. And their decisions also had cost. We honour Naomi and Ruth for their moral lives, for models of lives well lived through fullness and joy and emptiness and sorrow. Through all this, they live on dealing kindly and faithfully with each other and those with whom they form community in the future. Today, All Saints, All Souls Day, 
we remember these two saints and all the saints. Who are the saints in your life? I guess there's the capital S ones, aren't there? Like St. Francis, St. Mary, St. Paul, and so on. But there's a lot of lowercase saints as well. And many of those will be people in our family, people we grew up with, people we've been in church with, people we've been in community with. I'd like you to take, all of us actually, to take some time now with that pen and paper that you were given and think about one or two saints in your life. Think about the qualities of those people. What is it that you want to give thanks for for them? And how do you honour them? How do you honour them? Through memory, through things that you do in your life that they inspired you to. So we're going to have time now to write or draw and to think about the saints of ours. And while we do that, there's going to be some slides and a bit of music on the screen. And this is the slides are pictures of different countries around the world and how they remember their saints on this particular day. So you can write, draw, or just think and watch. Who are our saints?